This particular podcast was recorded live while barreling down the freeway. I was driving, if you can believe that, and Pastor Darren Tharp joined me for episode number 21 of the podcast via Facebook Live. Hope you enjoy this. Uh, had a great time with him. And uh, listen in for some great thoughts about music and serving God generationally. This is number 21 with Pastor Darren Tharp. One, I am live, soon to be joined by Brother Darren Tharp, if it all works out as planned. This is Michael McCurry live, number 21, with the aforementioned Darren Tharp, Pastor Darren Tharp, excited to be able to talk to him. Um, as soon as he jumps on here and I have the opportunity to invite him into the uh, call, we will do so, and uh, looking forward to the opportunity to talk to him. I appreciate him taking the time. Um, here on a Wednesday afternoon to uh, talk to me. And uh, so, as I mentioned, this is Mike McCurry Live number 21, not in the usual uh, studio space, I guess. Um, I am currently driving, hands-free. Oh, there he is, Brother Tharp just jumped in. Let me see if I can go ahead and add you to this thing, Brother Tharp. Bring him on. Absolutely, it'll take just a second here. But uh, Mike McCurry Live number 21 with Brother Tharp. We'll give him just a second to join us here. And um, we'll talk to him for the next little bit and see hey, if it'll work out. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm okay. How about you? I'm doing great. You still hear me okay? Yes. Great. I, I, I was just mentioning this is not the normal setup that I do these. Um, I am moving a lot faster right now than I would normally <laughs> be. Um, I, am, I am one mile an hour under the speed limit, so we're keeping it safe. So Good man. For, for my wife's sake, Good man. I, and uh, so I appreciate you doing this, sir. You have good um, life insurance, don't you? I mean, I, you know, I, I think we're all we're all good on that. So my, my <laughs> wife, you know, she would like to keep me around, but you know, if he dies, he dies. As um, oh wow, drug, drug, <laughs> I'm just I'm just kidding. But brother Tharp, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, my pleasure. I know, I know any day is busy in the life of a pastor, but I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, not at all. Folks that may not be familiar with you or with the Tharp brothers. Uh, could you give us uh, just a quick intro to who who you are, according to you? Um, who we are, according to me? <laughs> just uh, three guys that like to be together and sing, and we just enjoy we enjoy each other's company probably more than we do doing what we do. I suppose we don't get together all that often um, because of our proximities to each other. But, um, you know, we really enjoy uh, singing and preaching and serving the Lord together. It's just all we've ever known since our folks got saved when I was a teenager. Amen. So you mentioned now the, to be honest with you, the only uh, introduction I've ever had to your dad was listening to whichever one of your CDs where... Um, That's our first one. I will serve thee. Okay. okay. Yeah. He talks for just a few moments and kind of gives you guys an admonition. I think they're... Um, tell me a little about your dad, because I, I never had the opportunity to meet him or, or really know him at all. Our, our dad died in uh, 2005. Our mother died in, in uh, 1985 at, at the age of uh, 44. I was 24 years old, but she went home to the Lord. Um, but anyway, our, our dad was saved as a young man in his 30s. He was a city fireman. He was a town drunk, um, the son of a drunkard, the grandson of a drunkard, etc., etc. And a first-generation Christian, and um, when he got saved, um, 
from that awful lifestyle. Man, he just, he took all that stuff that he pointed towards the devil and pointed it towards God. Immediately, we, we launched into the bus ministry and, and just started serving the Lord. I mean, he his when he made that speech to us, as he talks about in that song, he was pacing back and forth in front of us. We're all, there were only four of us at that time. There's six now, but he paced back and forth in front of us like a cage lion and said, I lived for the devil for all my life. And now I'm going to serve God. And you guys are going to do it too. And if you don't, I'll know the reason why. And, you know, <laughs> we're going to serve God together. And, and that's, that's what we did. And that's what he did till he died. He was, he was a genuine article. I've never met anybody like him and probably never will. Just an amazing, amazing soul winner. Uh, just, just on beam for everything, and love the Lord, loved his family, and, and I, I miss him like I would if my right arm was cut off. Sure. Now, how did you guys? Did he encourage you guys musically, or how did that come about? Was that something you guys picked up, or, or why did music become important to you guys? Our mom, our mom was a beautiful mezzo soprano. Mezzo soprano is the the sound in between a alto and a soprano and uh she she just had a beautiful beautiful singing voice and so she after we got saved i mean you know we're just even before we were saved she was always into music uh, but uh lost you here for a second oh, it, it cut off we just sang it even before you were saved what, what you were saying something she she was always into music and things of that nature and so yeah she just um she just made us sing um you know, you're going to do this. This is fun. This is great. You know, and then, of course, we pointed it to the Lord. And uh, I can remember singing as a family, all six of us. My brothers were little short, fat, little bowling ball looking guys at that time. <laughs> you know, we would sing that that old cathedral quartet song. He didn't come down. And they did the they did the high soprano girl part, you know. <laughs> Well, you know, it's not fair. They're not here to defend themselves. We should have done like, I know. all three of them together at the same time. But we'll, we'll, we'll let them get their own their own their own back <laughs> at some point in the future. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they're the greatest. They're the greatest men I know. Those two, though, they're they're finest Christian men I I can possibly even begin to align with. I I respect and honor them. Boy, they're they're amazing men, both of them. Amen. Now you have uh, some kids uh, that are able to be uh, serve the ministry, and actually had uh, someone, a young lady named Hannah, message me some questions I need to ask you. But we'll get to that oh, a little no. bit later. Yeah, well, well, we'll save those. We'll let you uh, sweat it out a little bit before. He's we get pretty to much this. a devil. <laughs> she, she's got a reprobate mind. She has you know <laughs> no mind for spiritual things. It sounds like. <laughs> Indeed. But, so how did you um uh, when you what, what, what year was the first time you, you gentlemen recorded, and what, what, what prompted you to do that uh, the first time? Well, um, you know, I, I don't remember what year it was. It wasn't long after our father died. My brother was out in California at that time, and we just, you know, the opportunity arose and presented itself, and and we, we kind of jumped on it. We all went over to um, Faith Music mm-hmm. Missions over there, and and it took us it took us two full days of about 11 12 hours each and um so yeah we we just worked at it and then then of course we did the other two as well and and i've done a solo cd as well at faith music and we just 
You know, we never, ever, ever thought in a million years. You know, there's some people shouldn't record CDs. Everybody can, but some sure. people shouldn't, and we're those. <laughs> we just did it because, you know, we love the money. <laughs> it's just, it was fun to do. It was, um, it was, I mean, of course, David Chamberlain and Ed Russ and those guys are our buddies. We love them very much. They, they helped us through that, and, and it was tremendous and fun. Amen. Now, tell me a little about the ministry God has you in there and kind of your path personally um, in the ministry. Uh, I'm, I'm right entering into my 40th year this year. I'll be, Amen. I'll be, um, it's, this is 39 I'm in right now. Uh, I'll be, I'll be 59 years old on Friday this week, matter of fact. And so I, I, um, I, I knew the Lord called me to preach when I was about 14. And I went crazy for about four years and just did things that weren't right. I rebelled against my parents. I very much hate that part of my life. I don't like that Darren. I don't like this Darren Thorpe very much, but I hated him. <laughs> but it, it just, um, I don't know. I, I got right with my folks and got right with my siblings. And and when I was about 18, going on, I was about 19, I guess. And... Uh, from that moment on, I just determined I'm not going to do anything but serve God. And uh, started a couple churches, uh, pastored. Uh, I've only pastored two churches. I was an assistant pastor for, uh, I don't know, about 16, 17 years and youth director. I thought that's all I'd ever do, frankly. Uh, and, you know, was fine with that. I, I loved teenagers and still do. But um, pastor a church in Michigan for about almost 17 years and then that church decided it wanted to it didn't want my our brand of belief system and they wanted to go back to regular Baptist and that's what they did and I, I couldn't be part of that and I wasn't going to blow the church up so I I excused myself and, and uh, went to went to uh, Providence Baptist College and my dear friend and the only man I've ever really called pastor, Pastor Gomez, took us in and I just served the Lord there for nine months and painted and, and drove buses and did whatever he wanted me to do as my pastor, submitted myself to him. And about the end of those nine months, I got a phone call from this poor church that had had a, a horrible situation happen. And I don't want to really go into all that, but anyway, it was just a horrible you just can't even imagine uh, what happened here. You don't want to imagine. But uh, we came here, and it was very obvious the Lord wanted us to come. And so I've been—I just started my eighth year here, and uh, we we started at about maybe 40, and uh, we're consistently hitting 300. We're on the seven buses, and and uh, Ryan Flogger is my first assistant. He's head of the bus ministry. And, run seven buses I think said but yeah they're just a tremendous group and then Tim Beatles um, both of those young men married my daughters and uh, so I brought them on staff here actually I hired their daughters and they just kind of get the paycheck you know <laughs> and so they do a wonderful job pastor brother Tim is is youth director and music man and he's a masterful musician and, and great with the teens and there's nobody on this earth a better bus man than Ryan Flogger, I'll tell you. He's just top drawer. So I'm my son, of course, he's he's our only son, Phil. He's a, a church planter in Ireland. They just celebrated their second anniversary of their church plant there. And um, I have 14 grandkids. Uh, my wife and I have been married. This is our um, 
39th year. <laughs> so it just, I'm, I've got more blessings than any man in my position ought to have, quite honestly. Amen. Well, I, I appreciate the attitude that you approach uh, ministry now and uh, I have arrived uh, way just you, that, that you are you're, you're still learning you're still though obviously Very God much. has given you a lot of experience uh, I, but I greatly appreciate that attitude but you have the 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 um, the blessing of, of experience and one of your expertise is one of the things that you would greatly enjoy obviously is music and one of the reasons I want to talk to you because I, I, I know that you do and rightly so have strong opinions about uh, the direction of, of music and, and what right music and things and so maybe just in a big picture type way you kind of tell tell us not, maybe not even your opinion, but biblically, what you believe about music and why. I know that's a really big subject, so if you want to break that's it down right. in, in, in any one segment of that, but if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I think that the whole issue with music today is that it, it's gone, it's moved from something that God intended to be holy and spiritual and worship and something that exalts Him to, frankly, things that exalt the flesh. I mean, I was steeped in rock music for that that awful period of time in my life, and that stuff still bangs around in my head. And and I, I can go into a grocery store and hear it, and it and it it's, it creates a negative afterimage, and just the way it is. But um, my whole opinion on music can be pretty much summarized by this statement: if it if it gets to your flesh before it gets to your spirit, then it's probably not good music. There's nothing wrong with music that has spirit to it. And, and has, um, I mean, all music has beat and tempo and meter and that kind of thing. But if it's something that pleases my flesh before it ministers to my spirit and exalts the Lord, then I, I don't think it has any place in our in our Christian circles. And uh, I I mean, I, I went to rock concerts. I, I was in that, that stuff for some time. And if I had that, if I, if I walked into a church that still had that stuff when I was just getting right with God, man, I, I'd have walked right back out because it just, it has a, it has its own spirit and uh, it's not of God by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, the phrase contemporary music, I mean, obviously we, we, we compartmentalize all of that and uh, say that any music that's, you know, nowadays is bad music and that's not necessarily so. Again, I think it all goes to to the point of, of uh, is it a, is it spiritual music? Is is it exalting to the Lord before it, it, it ministers to our flesh? I mean, even some of the music. Sorry, I don't know. Stuff keeps coming in here. Even even some of the music that that's sung in churches sometimes today, even of our stripe. Man, it just it just shouldn't be done. And again, I'm not whatever anybody wants to do in their churches or business. But I think that if it's something that, if it's something that our people can turn on to say a K-Love type of thing, and they can hear that on K-Love, and then we repackage it to kind of fit our, you know, our old school style. I don't want somebody that has been messed up in contemporary music, quote unquote, to sit in my church service to hear my choir or special repackaging that same song and singing it. Sure. I just, you know, it's my own, that's my opinion, publicly expressed, and, you know, folks can do what they want to do, but I just think it, it creates a, a conundrum mentally. Sure. I, I think we need to be careful. 
absolutely. And uh, I, I, I can guess it's a leading question. I think I can, I know the answer, but in your experience, because and and you have experience that that I don't have, that I don't have a lot of young men that are making these big decisions for churches that they they that they that they don't have the experience. They haven't seen the generations before us make many times very similar mistakes. Have you seen music be a precursor for a lot of other bad decisions as far as standards, Bible versions, things like that? How I think often it always it, starts with music, Micah. Okay. I think it always starts with music every time. I mean, there's once you let that kind of thing slither in there a little bit, um, and I, I think it, it opens the door to a slippery slope. And uh, with with it's it's really a major standard issue, and it it creates a it just creates questions and it creates opportunities and open doors for things that this can be a real problematic issue in the local church. And I and I you know with that said, I appreciate and, and I. You know, you're, I'm, I hope, I'm sure you're a better Christian than me, and I want you to be. My point is that I appreciate young men such as yourself, and, and we need you guys so so desperately. We need you to stay right and stay on track and on beam. And um, you know, I I I tell my wife all the time, I'll be dead soon. And she, you know, she married for good looks and brain and good looks and and uh, brains the first time. She's gonna marry for money and get out of the ministry the next time when I kick off. So, you know, I mean, any one of us could die at any moment, but it's so important to know that there's men like yourself and and Ryan Flogger and Tim Beatles and, you know, young men that you've already interviewed on your podcast here that, that, that stay the stay the course. And, and you know, I, I know it's kind of a byword these days, you know, the old paths. It's become kind of a joke to young men, and that's just, just, that's just so heartbreaking. You know, there's there's been better men than me that have stood for righteousness, and and I, I think I owe it to those old men to you know lift them up and say thank God for them, and then stay the course myself. Amen. My brothers and I have a pact to each with each other that if we start drifting, we're going after the other with a ball bat. You know, pact we've made, and and I know that they'll keep their promise. I'm sure I will. Uh, pastor Grimaldi mentioned about my pastor uh, here at First Baptist of Kenmore. I love Brother Grimaldi. He's a yeah. great man. Absolutely. He mentioned that so many of the battles that, that the previous generation, he was even talking about the generation before him as well, but that your generation before you that you fought so hard for, uh, my generation a little before me, not only are we fighting very weakly, we're just giving, we're just giving over. We're just, you know, giving it away. Forget fighting at all. We're just giving a lot of those things away. And, and it would be wise of us to consider why there was such a fight over some of these things. Um, and, and go ahead. Do you think that, do you think some of it is, I don't think it's, I don't think it's laziness necessarily or latinence or whatever you want to call it. I think it's just an attitude of, of not, you know, we, we are we are what we read. We become what we read. I love reading. I love books, and I, I I'm I'm I've gone from theological reading to just pretty much just I love history, and I just read history books, and that way I don't have to worry about theology, history, and the Bible, and stay with that. But I think young men, um, and and even guys my age, um, we read after people, and then we become enamored with them. And then we take on their characteristics and 
and it, it creates an issue. And again, I, I don't think it's laziness. I think it, frankly, is ignorance. And I don't mean stupidity because, man, your generation is a lot more, let's say, intelligent, um, you know, with things than, than, than mine. But the point is, it's just wrong intelligence. It's wrong, you know, evil communications corrupt good manners for, yeah. for Bible principle. <laughs> yes, sir. One of the things, and I am no genius by any stretch, one of the really unfortunate things that I've noticed is because this younger, because a lot of men that I know, and sometimes I respect it in many ways, but have made these, what I would consider, in my own opinion, uh, foolish decisions, um, when they make those decisions, it seems that they drag their parents' generation with them. That, that, that so hurts me when I see older men with grown children that I respect so much, these grown children decide that you, whatever the, the, the buzzword is these days, that's the direction they want to go. Then the parents almost, I don't know if it's out of uh, a sense of, well, my kid's a good guy, he could never do wrong, and so I, he must be right to follow the, these people. I, I don't know. That, that, that hurts me so much when I see these young men. They're not, they're not just messing up future generations. They're backdating it a generation because their parents are following along with them. And so I, I've never quite understood that. But, um, but you're exactly right. I think, well, and, you know, these old sayings, these cliches, but the only difference between you and you five years from now, the people you meet and the books you read. And so on that note, what, what are some uh, good books? And you mentioned, you know, stay away from the theological ones sometimes. But what are some that maybe you've read by some, uh, some maybe even some current names, like like a brother, you know, Dennis Corll or some of those guys that you would recommend some of these younger guys maybe get a hold of? Yeah, I, I, I love Brother Corll. I love his writing. I mean, probably one of the greatest preachers of our day i think anyway i mean i love him very much i got his pontiac uh back in the day when it was still in existence dr malone was still around and and, uh and i I, i'm not a name dropper but and he was a dear friend of my dad's my dad he were, were buddies and um I, I I love his sermon books. I mean, I read his sermon books. I'll reread them and reread them. I go to old bookstores, and if I, I I go immediately to the M's and look for Malone, and I buy them. And then if I if I already have it, I give it away because it's it's. Um, I, I teach a I teach a every Friday class over at Heritage Baptist College for Brother Hanks, and it's just a you know theology class and things of that nature. And I ask I ask many of those young people, have any of you ever heard? Dr. Malone preach, and you know, I mean, all you got to do is get on the internet and search his old sermons, and you can see him preaching, and and that it's been like that that have affected me. R.G. Lee, I know some of these guys are old Southern Baptists and stuff, but what I've come down to reading now, Brother Curry, is is not a lot of theology books, but sermons. I just read read sermons, just read the old school stuff. Sermon after sermon after sermon. I mean, I just—I mean, Herschel Ford. You know, those were great sermons. And you know, I got to be honest with you, I steal them all the time, <laughs> with with malice of forethought. Sure, sure. <laughs> I, you know, I, nothing new under the sun. He probably stole them from somebody else. So, uh, man, it's so necessary to just to read those old sermons and see where those old timers stood. And you know, I know that I know that many of them. Change their 
their stance as they got older and things of that nature. Where those guys, they knew what they were talking about. They had a walk with God. Man, I want that. Amen. Amen. Um, you have the uh, the opportunity to, to fellowship with uh, with some good guys there in Kansas. You, you mentioned, uh, well, well, you being in Missouri, but uh, with the Hanks and all that. And so I, I, I appreciate I, I didn't click that you were that close. How, how close are you to Brother Hanks there? But just under 100 miles. Okay, great. Brother, great guy. I had the opportunity to go to his, uh, his camp there, Heritage Reps Camp when I was a teenager, so I greatly appreciate his influence in my life and investment. Um, now, there is some, uh, my brother-in-law, I, I put a quick poll out asking for people that might have a question uh, for you, and I, he was curious, but, uh, uh, Austin Marriott was curious, where do you source a lot of your sheet music from, or do you just have piano players that are good enough to uh, just pick stuff up on the fly? Well, you know, we, we if I like a song, I'll, I'll try to look it up on musicnotes.com, and um, but I mean I've just got I've got a collection I've got a collection of hundreds of old hymnals. Some of them don't even have words anymore. I mean they they have just the meter and the the, the pitch, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I I just some of those old songs up there, you know you know some guys don't like the Gaithers, but man some of that old Gaither music is just tremendous. I'm talking sure. about the old school stuff, you know. Sure. And so the 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 um, first song on my solo CD um, What a Blessing in Jesus I found mm-hmm. that's there's no notations no music for that we searched and searched and searched it didn't even have a copyright and so we notated it and then um, just I had, we had a 33 and a, you probably don't even know what that is 33 and a third final album <laughs> I, I saw those in the Smithsonian once I think oh stop it <laughs> anyway we I listened and then um Actually, we, we recorded it onto a um, cassette tape so you could, you know, stop it and write down lyrics and stop it and write down lyrics and and then put it under the notes. And, and that's how that song came to be. Sure. But um, And that it was recorded just one other time by a Jamaican tenor. I mean, that guy's voice. Mercy. So we just my brother Eric really found that one. And he said, you're singing that one. So I'm I'm the oldest. I'll do what I want. So I did. <laughs> now, <laughs> I did it for him. I love him. Now a quick question, and you kind of, you kind of mentioned it. I'm curious. We get really nuts and bolts here. And I told you before, if you don't like a question, you can just pass. No words. With, with question, with with thoughts like, for instance, the Gaithers, and they they put out some, they put out some great music through the years. For you personally and the music ministry there, and this might be a question for the Tim there too, but where do you draw the line on, on associations and and time frame? And at what point is this no longer? Because, we, and you would probably agree, much of the, what the, the music the Gaithers are doing right now have no yeah. interest whatsoever. But, you no, know, you're sinners, right. Sinners Saved by Grace, Because He Lives, great songs. So yep. can you sum up how you that would ask the question, like I'm asking the question right now. I, you know, I guess I look at it on in the era. I, I mean, for lack of a better term, the era um, before they started turning to the the rock style. Sure. Um, I, I mean, I hate it, but you know, I, I used to. I mean, I maybe answer it this way. Sure. Even even the way that things are, you know, I I. I I used to sing that, that great song, Thank You, by Ray Bolts. Mm-hmm. And the guy came out as a sodomite. And I, I, 
I mean, that song is tremendous. The, the message. I just quit singing it because of that that issue, you know? I mean, I don't have anything against him personally. I don't hate anybody, but I just can't. I don't want to, you know, sure. be associated with that. So I, you know, when you say the old the old Gaither stuff, that's, uh, you know, the, the uh, Singspiration uh, favorites books mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. run through... 175 million. I don't know what the number is, but we get we have a lot of songs from that, and uh, and again, as I say, from 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 old hymnals. Uh, my my goal some years ago was to put together um, a hymnal of forgotten songs, and I've I've not done anything more on it. I had a kind of a start on it, but I don't, I'm not at it anymore. I should go back to it. Some of those forgotten songs, songs that we don't sing anymore, man, they're just tremendous. You know, the the North Valley Hymnal has included a bunch of those, for which I'm grateful. We use that in our church as well. Amen. And and unfortunately, in a lot of places, you can just find, you can just pick a whole third of the hymnal that we just don't sing because the song leader doesn't yep. know them, whatever the case. And so I heard of a church recently, um, He, I think on Wednesday nights or something, they would sing four songs every Wednesday and just go through the, whatever it was, one to four, five to eight, you know, it's right on down. <laughs> and you make That's sure great. you hear all of them. Uh, and there's, there's so many good ones. And we say, you know, you pick up the songbook, I might think about that. That's a great idea. There's some truth to it, but, you know, there is 500, 600 songs in in this hymn book. How many more do you really need? I'm not saying people can't write new music. I'm absolutely for that. Um, But people thinking that everything that's new is always better and all that. There's some good stuff from a long time ago. That's well worth it. Um, Somebody wanted me to ask you. Uh, do you think that bacon will be on the tree of life? Uh, in, well, in bacon will most certainly be hanging there. Okay. Um, you know, even though, even though I know that's a Jewish uh, <laughs> forbidden. Sure, as uh, a half Jew, I'm struggle. I'm struggling with with this. But yeah, that's I, right. I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah. Well, I want to. I want to say that that one of the twelve manner fruit will be a Krispy Kreme, <laughs> and of course we 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 won't be fat in heaven. Right. And uh, you know that just will be will be all changed. Fat people on earth will be skinny in heaven. Skinny people on earth will be fat in heaven. So I have some work to do. I, I need to pack on. I, I'm I'm getting there, but I need to pack on a little more. Is what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I know, That's man. I, bacon. I talk about bacon all the time, and I love it, man. But you just, I, like I said, I've, I've, I've had cancer, and I don't, I suffer with diabetes. So I'm, I'm, much as I talk about it, it's just, it's actually, whoops, it's actually, it's actually a wanton thing that I want it. Sure. I don't sure. get it. Now, um, somebody very near and dear to you also was was curious how many piano players that you've terrorized down through the years. And, and when they say that, explain to me, and, and because I dabble in piano like the tiniest bit, like compared to Tim, nothing, compared to Hanton, no, nothing, the tiniest bit. Explain to people that have no idea what goes into playing the piano, what it means to sit, to play for a group like you, like, like the Tharg Brothers, and some of the fun things you guys do. Well, I... We're we've made a we've made a list of uh, a litany list of pianos pianists absolute abject enemies of ours across the country. Um, I, there's one I could name and tell you a story that I, I just can't do it. If I did it, it'd just be I couldn't do it. I I can't do it. If you want to ask my brother about oh, something, he's the one that. Well, all right, I, I won't name the people. Okay, okay. But anyway, we we were we were we flew into this town. We're going to be there two days. 
Um, we're going to be singing. We, we sent our CDs ahead so that, because we tell every pianist that plays for us, we have to do everything by rote. This is how we have to do it because we never get to practice. When we come in, we, we've got to sing, we've got to do it. We have to do it exactly the way that our CDs say it. Sure. Because that's how we have it written down our music. So we go to this church and, and um, it's awful, man. I mean, I can't, I don't know if I should tell this or not. Anyway, <laughs> this gal, this precious lady, pastor's wife comes up and she's holding a baby. And the, the original pianist was, was sick. She's holding a baby, and my brother Eric says, Oh, Grandma got grandson? And the husband says, uh, That's my baby, and that's my wife. And, of course, my brother, you know, just stood there like some kind of moron. My brother Russ and I just decided we're going to leave. Uh, we didn't leave, but anyway, we're, we're standing there. And that, that lady submarined us the whole time we were there, man. <laughs> Wow. She played. She no key change when we're supposed to key change. I think I mean, we had it coming. My brother Eric saw to it. That dirty dog. Well, but you know, he, we, he's we, like, he's about the nicest guy. So and, that? He's about the nicest guy. At least, at least on the yes. outside looking in. So the fact that he's but he's a he's a terrorist when it comes to the way the music's supposed to be done. A terrorist. <laughs> I don't ever say anything. I love everybody. I love my brothers. If anybody else said this about him, I'd smack him. But, oh, he's he hears it in his head, see? Okay. My brother Russ barely, he can't hear harmony. He just can't hear it. It's just a it's a, just an issue. So Eric and Russ, Eric and I uh, do all the harmony parts. Russ is the lead, and so it's just when we're trying to do something, you know, it turns into this this awful war of the wills. I want to do it this way, and we're going to do it this way. And next thing you know, you know, we're cussing and and <laughs> smacking each other. And then the poor pianist gets in the way, gets hit in the head with a hymnal, and you know, God only knows what's going to take place. So yeah, we. We we always leave and we always try to buy the pianist with permission of their of their husband or uh, you know other father whatever either give them some money or buy them some flowers. There you go, there you go. Now have you have you ever done a public poll to figure out who the best looking of the three is for just America at large? To, to, to vote no, on this? no public poll, but it would probably it probably be Eric. But you know I've got the best hair, and Russ is. He didn't have any hair hardly anymore. He's smoothing off a spot for another face up there. And um, but yeah, Eric's the nicest. He's the best looking. He's the smartest, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And you know, me and Russ just kind of he's the he's the uh, uh, we call him the the social butterfly of the of the group, you know. So very nice. <laughs> I wish he I wish he could hear this. He he didn't even know how to turn on Facebook. <laughs> So you're the most technologically savvy of the group. Oh no, Russ. Russ is okay. Russ is probably Russ is probably the smartest of the three of us. I think probably he's he's pretty much a genius. But uh, yeah, he he's very technological and all that stuff. Amen. I'm not. Now, you you mentioned the the influence that Malone had on you. Turn, to take a turn back maybe for the spiritual for a moment here. Uh, but in 40 years almost of ministry and 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 looking up to some of these these great men of God. For a young man, either my age or even younger, that maybe isn't even in ministry in Bible college, something like that, what advice should you give them as they look forward to maybe God called them to preach, whatever the case may be? What, what advice would you give them as they prepare for the ministry? Find a mentor, um, somebody that they can talk to and, and, and you know, solicit advice and, and information, encouragement from. 
don't don't put them on a pedestal because they they have feet of clay like everybody does. Remember, they're just men. Um, they're men of God, obviously, but but you're a man of God. Um, you know, anybody that loves and walks with the Lord, I tell my deacons, they're men of God. You know, and and church members that serve the Lord every week, they're men of God. So my point is, is find somebody that's been at it a while and 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 pick their brain and talk to them and. For the most part, um, the older guys want to be engaged. I do. I want to be engaged. I go over there to Brother Hanks' because I've got three students over there, but also I really I really love those kids. I want to see them become, be something for the Lord. And, and jealously, I want, I want to have a part of that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, any uh, – well, you know, I have one more question I wasn't going to ask. But your daughter Hannah asked me to ask you. Um, She's so awful. Yeah. So how how do you get your hair to do what it does? Is what she wanted me to ask. Well, I mean, I, I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't see anything. I, I I just wanted to ask maybe more to get her in trouble, I guess, than anything else. But oh no, I mean, she knows. I, I mean, she lived with us till she was. Well, I think she was really old when she got married because you know she. She, just guys who were, I think, afraid of her, really. And really because she's partially maybe demon-possessed. I don't know. But uh, um, I hope she's listening, and I hope she's listening to this very much. So. But anyway, I don't know. It's just uh, my mother, our mother had this magnificent, beautiful, curly head of hair before she got cancer and lost it all. But, uh, yeah, I think Eric and I, we, we both have Brillo pad hair. Um, I walk into a, I walk into a barber shop or a hair place or whatever, and say, "Anybody cut Brillo pad in here? If you do, hook <laughs> me up." <laughs> when I comb it one time a day, it stays. There you go. There you go. So any, well, first of all, I really appreciate you taking the time. I, I've had a lot oh, of fun. No. I, I think people watching have had a lot of fun. Um, but any last words, anything, just open forum, anything you need to get off your chest or anything you need to say to maybe your, your daughter, maybe anyone else, or just in general to, to the world at large. I, I hope Hannah will walk the aisle tonight, maybe get born again. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, um, I'm very, I'm very grateful to get to, to be around people like you. And, and, and I mean that no joking. I, I appreciate your, your ministry heart and you want to do what you do, brother. I, I watched you at football camp a couple years ago and was amazed at the job you do. And, and I am, I am beyond blessed to get to be a part of the work of the Lord and be a part of this great company of people that, that serve him. I'm telling you, I, all kidding aside, it's it's beyond, I know what I am and I know what God has done and what he continues to do. And I'm beyond beyond amazed. I love, I love this church. I love these people. Um, I love my kids and I, I couldn't be more proud of my children and, and, and of course, carefully proud. But my son, Philip is, he's just, he's, he's doing it. Some of you pastors out there, if you need a missionary, support my son. They, they're in dire straits financially. And uh, please don't have him come in. He's coming home to spend time with me and my grandchildren. Well, <laughs> I will just, say this. Just send him money. Just, just thought about him. And I, uh, going to Golden State in the years I was there, they had many missionaries in. One of the few, and I don't, it wasn't name recognition, Tharp, anything. It, he, he was one of the few missionaries I remember 
a lot of details about him. Remember by name, remember his presentation, remember him talking about Ireland. He did a great job. And so I would echo that. Um, and and I, I, I would love to go visit him, but um, over, over there, I take my wife over there. Um, but from what I understand, doing a great job. And so when, when is he coming yeah. back for, for then? They have to come back because um, they're just, they've had a lot of churches drop them. I mean, for whatever reason, not doctrinal issues, of course. Um, you know, I, I don't know why stuff like that happens, but it does. They have to, they have to present to the country of Ireland uh, a form every year that shows how much money they have coming in so they're not a drain on society. If you don't have that kind of money, you know, showing, then, you know, they, they can deport you. I mean, this yeah. is the only crazy country in the world that allows illegals to come and we take care of them. Right. No other country in the world does that, nor should we. But the point is, he has to come home to raise support and they need some time. Um, they've, they've had some really, really rough things happen to them over there. Um, it's not an easy place. Everybody thinks Ireland, you know, all the happy Irish people, well, they're, they're pagans to yep. every sense of the imagination. They're not yep. religious. They're pagans. Yep. They're socialistic pagans. So they just need the Lord. And that young man is, well, he's he's getting it done. And you, you pastor brothers, and just, just support him. He's, he's sent through Northwest Bible Baptist Church and that great missions board there. And um, you don't need to have him in. Just send him money and take care of my, my and I, you. Any, anybody that supports my son has my forevermore appreciation. And I'd do anything for those good pastors. I mean that all my heart. And they have five children, uh, one in heaven. And uh, my son and Monica are just amazing, amazing people. Hey Amen. What I'm going to do is, um, what is the, the maybe the web address that people can find out more information about the ministry? Do you know the website offhand? If not, I'll look it up. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to add it. I'm going to tag it under um, the heading on this just so people want to look up their website. Okay. I thought maybe, I, I, I mean, it's all on my phone here. No, so. no, no, it's not a problem. I'll, I'll, I'll search it up, Google it real quick, and I'll add it here in the next five, ten minutes. And so people they, can find their, it there. Their church, their church is New Life Baptist Church. Drahada County, Louth, Ireland. Now, if you if Drahada is D R O G H E A D A County, Louth, Ireland. But if you look up New Life Baptist Church, Ireland, you'll probably run into that. Perfect. And that they have a web, they have a uh, Facebook page, and um, Phil, Phil, Phil dot Monica Tharp at Gmail dot com is their email. And um, you know, if somebody wants to get in touch with me, by all means, and call me. Right, me. I don't care. Just anything to help my kids. Amen. Amen. And I work part time still. I don't have to work part time. This church takes wonderful care of me, but uh, I, I do a part time job a couple of days a week. Um, honestly, and I'm not trying to be noble, but you never, just like your parents, still love and take care of you as much as they can. I do the same for them. And my wife and I both work part time jobs so we can send extra money over there out of our budget. Not, I mean, money that's not budgeted, it's just extra. Right. Amen. Amen. Well, I appreciate your heart for the Lord, your heart for your kids, and the fact you do your kids are doing good things. Anything at all I can do for you, please let us know. But we'll try Thank to you. get the word Thank out you. there about with Phil. And I greatly appreciate your time and uh, giving us a little bit of uh, investing in me uh, personally. I've said oh. before, 
But if the viewer count was at zero, I was helped. I, I was helped by by the last 45 minutes or so. So I appreciate it, Brother Tharp. If uh, any of you that are listening, this is uh, this podcast will be up on YouTube shortly. Uh, if you'd like to, well, not today, probably tomorrow, it'll be posted up and have some good guys coming on uh, very soon. Uh, Brother Mike Moyer, media guy out of North Valley Baptist Church and a missionary out of our church, Mike Wallace, and some other good I men coming Wallace. up here. Yeah, great guy. You, you know Brother Wallace? I've known Brother Wallace since, man, at the very beginning, I supported him in my church in Michigan. Really? He, he, yeah, he's one great of people. the best, and it's funny because he's out of our church, First Baptist Kenmore. He's, he's, such, a, of, he's such a hillbilly. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's one of the best missionaries I know. Um, and he's Agreed. He's a great guy. So I'm excited about that. And I realized that I, a friend of mine told me he did not realize that the podcast is also, it's on Apple Podcasts, uh, it's on Spotify, you can listen to an audio version. And so I realized that my friend, well, a good friend of mine didn't know that. Most of you probably don't know that. So just let me know that. Remember, if you have any issues or comments, criticisms, concerns about the podcast, please let me know. You can find more contact information at MikeAndMcCurry.com. You can find me on social media, various platforms, at MikeAndMcCurry. Please let me know. I want to fix issues, but I often can't if I don't know about them. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day.